Well, good morning, everybody. For those of you I do not know, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you to North Stars. We begin this, I think, incredibly important series called Culture Proof. So I want to make sure you got all your stuff. Uh, get the app out. If you do not have that, go to the app store and download North Star Church, Georgia. Make sure and have that or get your Bible out because we are going to peel apart some things. I think you and I and the world we live in, we need Desperately. So if you are in the room today or you're watching online today and you say, I am considered an adult, which is questionable sometimes. But anyway, so I'm considered an adult and I worry about the future for my children and my grandchildren. If that's you, would you raise your hand today? All right. This book was written to us because John worried about the future for his children. So here's the apostle John. He worked with Jesus. He walked with Jesus. He knew Jesus. He was in the inner, inner circle. He was the one that Jesus said, mom, behold your son and son, behold your mom. That's this John. John now is on the tail end of his days. He's planted churches and he's watching these churches disperse and go other places because they don't know who they are. They don't know what they believe. They don't know what matters. This is book is gonna be about what matters. The other day I was listening to a podcast and, and the podcaster was interviewing a gentleman named Gordon McDonald who's in his 80s. And he said, and so the podcast was lessons I've learned after I was 80. This book are lessons from John about things you and I need to know. So if you got your notes today or you got some uh, thoughts out today, I want you to write down four things right here at the top. Here's some keys to help us understand because literally we're gonna take this book and we're just gonna take it apart because it is exactly where we live. We don't know what to believe, we don't know who to believe, and we don't know where to go. And John addresses all of those things for us. So first key is this. In his old age, he writes to churches to remind them of the core truths of Christianity. So you could, you could say, these are the things he wants us to nail down about what it means to be a believer. And, and in this room today, watching online today, we have all kinds of different backgrounds and beliefs. These are gonna be the things we're gonna nail down. I was on a baseball field just the other week and part of a beautiful baseball field, they gotta keep the line right with the grass to the warning track. So, or the grass to the infield. And this coach had put down stakes in the ground and he has a string he keeps up. And so he always keeps the edge on that string. Basically what John's doing for us is he's putting nails down with a string and going, here are the core truths you can center your life on. Second thing is this. He wrote this because of false teachings about Jesus that had crept in the church. So there were these people back during the day when I get into them, they were called Gnostics. Um, it's an interesting phrase that they were known by, but, but basically they, they were teaching Jesus is just a spirit. He's really nothing different. We live in a world now that says there's a lot of different ways to God. There's all kinds of different ways that you can find your way to God. This book was about false teachings about Jesus and people were beginning to believe things that weren't true. Look at the third thing. He wrote this because cultural influences were blurring the lines about who was a Christian. 
So people were saying they were believers, but they were going, their lives don't look like it. There was a blurring of the lines. So all that we're gonna read goes back to these principles. First John chapter one, let's start reading in verse one. Hopefully you're following with us online. John says this, that which was from the beginning. Remember in John, he said, uh, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Listen, he goes back to that phrase again. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, listen to what he said, which we have seen, help me out. If you're in the room, you can say it out loud. If you're watching from your boat or your balcony, you can say it, people are going, what's up, all right? And so you can say, which we have seen with our own, what does it say there? Eyes. John's going, I'm telling you, I was there. This isn't hearsay. This isn't things we hope. I've seen it with my own eyes. And look at what he goes on to say, which we looked upon and we've touched with our hands concerning the word of life. Remember, I wonder if he was thinking about Thomas when Thomas had his doubts there. I wonder if he was thinking about that and how Thomas touched him with his own hands. This life was made manifest before us and we have seen it. All right, everybody look at me. Here's what he's saying there. I have been changed by what I saw. It's not like, oh, I saw that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. What I saw changed me. I've been changed by what I've seen and I testify to it. I proclaim it to you, the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. Meaning Jesus was with the Father, but he put skin on and he came to earth. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his son Jesus. And we're writing these things so our joy may be complete. All right, everybody look at me. He was saying, we want unity around what we believe. Can we all agree that in the world we live in, there is not much unity? Can we agree with that? I mean, there's just not. I'm back there backstage going, Georgia Tech played good. People were saying, no, Florida State's bad. All right, there was disunity in the hallway this morning. That's what happened, all right? He's saying, I'm writing this so our joy may be complete. This is the message we heard from him and we proclaim to you that God is what? What does it say there? God is what? God is light, and in him there's no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie. We don't practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light and the blood of Jesus, of his son, it cleanses us from all sins. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. You have sin, and the truth's not in us. We confess our sins, though. He's faithful and just to forgive us, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we've not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. My little children, this is what Larry was referring to, my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, the covering, basically he's the covering, be the largest word I'll say all morning, all right, the covering for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the world. He's writing this letter, and everybody look at me, because he wants you to know. He doesn't want you to doubt. He doesn't want you to wonder. 
He didn't want you to guess. He didn't want you to go, well, I'm not really sure. He wants you to know. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Would you pray with me? Right where you're seated this morning, would you just tell God you want to pull out a mirror and look in your own life today to see how you are doing? Would you ask him to speak to you, would you? God, we give you permission today to examine our hearts, to search us, to know us. God, may we be changed by what we see. God, we don't want to waste our Sunday morning. God, we want to meet with you. So God, do your work in our lives. And Father, I pray this now in Jesus' name, amen. Four truths John wants us to get, all right? This sort of take this, we could literally, guys, we could take each one of these, about every two verses, and spend a week in them, all right? Four truths he wants to get. Number one, ready? God is light, big deal. You'll see this referenced all throughout the book of John. God is light. You can write out beside that or type it in your notes this morning, the word hope. Anytime you see light, you have hope. We don't like super dark places, right? So this morning, my truck was parked out beside my house. The other day, I was shaving, and it was getting ready for a football game Friday night, shaving, looking out my back window, and behind the fence line on my property, a coyote went across the fence line. I went out to my truck, which was parked in the dark this morning, Dear Jesus, I wanted light, right? And so I was not wanting to have a coyote uh, homecoming this morning with me because I like light. I don't like dark. God is light because light gives hope. Think about all these different pictures of light. You ever been on a dark street and you see light and you're like, okay, everything's gonna be okay. Or, or maybe it's this picture you, you get a lantern and the lights have gone out in your house and you find a lantern or a candle and it lights it up. You're like, okay, if I have light, I can know the way. Or maybe back in the ancient times, this is what they used. It was the lighthouse. Ships had been off at sea. They were trying to find their way back to land and they could, they could focus their eyes on the light. Or maybe it's just a dark night and that, Moon comes up and it provides that light. Well, we know this from light. Light always helps you see. Light always helps you navigate. Light always gives hope. God is light. So, yes or no question. Do bad things happen while we live in this world? Yes or no? Yes. But it does not change the fact that God is good and he's light. See, here, here was the myth they were dealing with back in the day, we can't be sure God's always good. See, the Gnostics were saying, well, can you really be sure God's good because you're gonna face bad things? So they, it causes you to question God's goodness. And John says this, God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. See, here's the danger of that. When doubt begins to creep in, and makes you question God's goodness, you're headed for spiritual trouble. When doubt creeps in 
and makes you question the goodness of God, you're headed for spiritual trouble. It's not the question, will you go through tough times? Not the question. The question is, is when it makes you question the goodness of God. In him, he is light and there is no darkness. Huge. It's a huge deal. You even go back to the book of Genesis, Genesis 3, Adam and Eve in the garden. What did he cause Eve to do? Question the goodness of God. I want you to write this word down, all right? And I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on it. It's the word doubt. The enemy loves to make you doubt if God is really who he says he is. It started in the book of Genesis. Just read, read Genesis and it makes all your doubts make sense because they're the same ones that he propagated to Adam and to Eve, a foundational truth. God is light. Number two, following Jesus always changes me. So when we give our lives to Christ, it should be a transformation. Can you imagine uh, doing a house transformation and, and you get picked to be on a new HGTV show and you give your keys to somebody and you're like, they're like, in eight weeks, you're gonna have a brand new house. And so you get a hotel room and after eight weeks, you come back and they're like, here's the grand premiere and you open the door and everything looks the same. You'd be like, dude, is this a joke? Well, when we come to know Christ, our lives should be transformed and look different. Does that make sense to everybody? If any man is in Christ, Paul said, he is a new creation. Here's the myth. You can follow Jesus and live like darkness. Light and dark cannot coexist. You can follow Jesus but live like darkness. It's, it, God didn't care. I want you to write down a little thought under number two. God cares how I live. He cares how I live. I remember telling students back in the day when I was a student pastor and I was young and, and I was trying to get a point across and I, I remember I used to tell them this. This was 91 to 96, so this has been a minute, all right? And so this, this was the statement I would say to them. If you go to a high school and somebody has to ask you if you're a Christ follower, you should be ashamed because your life should look so different how you talk, how you walk, how you live. That's what John was saying. You, you should have no darkness. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie. We don't practice the truth. John's like, if you say you walk in him, but your life, our walk and our talk, I want you to write this all down. It helps us remember. Our walk and our talk have to match it's like two wings of an airplane, right? You need both. If, if I said today, I'm gonna take all of you this afternoon, I've got a flight and we're going to Jamaica this afternoon. Are you in? Well, I have a feeling there's a lot of you like, I can clear my calendar, all right? I'm on the way, it'll be great. It'll be our version of a mission trip, except we're not gonna do anything, all right? Except serve ourselves. And so it'll be great. So we're gonna go to Jamaica, we're gonna have a great week and we show up at Atlanta Hartsfield and we get down there and the plane only has one wing. You would go, uh, I think I'll pass, right? Because two wings are what fly the plane. Our walk and our talk. That's why Paul said what he said to Galatians. Now the works of the flesh are evident. 
sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry. And he hits all these. He said, he said, I warn you as I warned you before, those things will not, those that do those things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And you're like, okay, Mike, I still sin. Here, here's the breaking point. I want you to write this down. I hope you remember it. If you are a Christ follower, you can't sin and feel good about it. You'll feel convicted about it. Does that make sense? You'll be like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Do I still sin? Yes. I sin less at the 11 service because Ann's not in the room. But when Ann's here, she's like, yeah, I have to own up to all of them, right? We all do. Sure we do. But do I sin and still feel good about it? No. Point number three, I'm a sinner separated from God. It's a foundational truth. It's where they began back then. It's where we begin now. I'm a sinner and I'm separated from God. But here was the myth. Most people are basically good at the core. And so it was being propagated at the time. Well, you're really not that bad. And you're like, oh, Mike, that was 2,000 years ago. I cannot tell you how many conversations I've had with people at the end of their life, not like in their 20s, but they know hospice, hospice has been called in. Um, the family is beginning to gather. And I'll ask this question, do you know that you know that you know that you're gonna go to heaven? And this is the answer. I've got this more often than not. Mike, I've been a really good person. I hear it all the time. Mike, I've been a really good person. I've lived a good life. It was going on then and it's going on. Listen, there's only one way to heaven. And Jesus said, I am the way and I am the truth and I am the life. We all have to come to a point. We figure out who we are in Christ. That's what John was saying. Look at the way if we say we've not sinned, we've made him a liar and his word's not in us. We all have. That's why we can get along in this room. We all have something in common. We all started from zero. Nobody's better than anybody else. If you ever walk in North Star and say, well, somebody acted better than me, we'd let me know because they ain't no better than you. Everybody's starting from ground zero, from, from zero. Principle number four, when I admit I sin in God, admit my sin to God and I trust Jesus to forgive me, he'll make me right with God and he'll defend me at the judgment. When I admit my sin to God and I tell him I need him, he'll make me right and he'll defend me. He's your, here's the word, he's your advocate. So we have this list, this is crazy. So we're like crime junkies or y'all into crime shows and Dateline, we love a good Dateline or 2020. And, and so we have all these, these things that we get into with that stuff and you know, I'm always like, if something happens, here's who I want to be my advocate, right? I'm not looking up on a billboard to choose this guy to be my advocate. Here's the person I want to stand on my behalf. Guys, do y'all understand that he knows everything about you and he stands on your behalf when you admit what you need from him? See, here was the, the myth of the day was I can just try to be a good person and everything will turn out okay in the end. It's a myth. It's not gonna turn out okay. 
I wish I could tell you we live in a world where God says it's, it's okay. Well, I mean, whatever you want to do, it's, it's not truth. Everybody look at me. The truth is God does care. And the truth is it does matter how we live. Our lives every day are pointing people to him or away from him. Every day, I'm pointing people by the light in me. I'm pointing people to the Lord or away from the Lord. Every day, every encounter, the grocery store, at McDonald's, drive-thru, at Chick-fil-A, we're pointing people to the Lord or away from the Lord. Doesn't matter what profession we're in. You may be in the school system. You may be a realtor. You may be a business owner. You may be in sales. You may be a coach. You may be a builder. Doesn't matter. Our lives every day are pointing people to the Lord or away from the Lord. So yesterday, I was listening while I was out do, doing some yard work yesterday, and this guy was talking about a football coach. I mean, he's a football coach. He's a world-renowned football coach. Won a Super Bowl. His name's Tony Dungy. This coach, Herm Edwards, who's also a, a coach at Arizona State, he says, you can't meet Tony Dungy and be the same because he points you to Jesus. You want to know what he has. Mike, what's that look like now? What well, looks like this group of girls we're going to show you in this video who use their influence, their light, and their life to point someone to him. Check this out, would you? My name's Gracie. I am a junior here at KSU this year, and this is my second year here at North Star, and I'm very excited to see what the Lord has in store for this year. Honestly, when I first got here, I had this mindset that there were a lot of people at KSU that were not like me, that had different backgrounds, different lifestyles, different stories from me. So coming to KSU was kind of like, almost like a mission field, like the Lord gave me the opportunity to be able to reach out to people who maybe haven't had the same life as me. My mom had joined the parent Facebook page for KSU. I think it was like freshmen's, freshmen coming in. She saw that Abby Beth's mom had mentioned that her daughter was looking for a community of people. She was looking for a church. Then my mom actually like messaged her and was like, my daughter has gotten really plugged in to WAVE. Um, it's a college ministry at North Star and she's loved it. She's met a lot of really cool people that way. Felt really encouraged by it. So I'd love to give you my daughter's information and maybe she can message Abby Beth. Like I just remember um, coming to KSU, I felt welcomed and included and I feel like I could immediately get plugged in so I knew like I wanted to be the app for somebody else. I wanted to be that person where she could feel welcomed. The next day I texted her and was like, hey Abby, um, I heard that you're looking for a community of people, you're looking for a new church um, and I would love to introduce you to North Star and to Wave. So I'd love to introduce you to some people and invite you to come if you're interested. And of course she was automatically interested. Then she told me that she lived on campus and I was like, really, I do too. It was just so convenient. Like it just seemed like everything seemed to fall into place. 
to see what the Lord was doing in her life already because it was like she immediately opened up to me about things that she was struggling with, things in her life that had happened and things that were happening currently in her life that she just felt weighed down because of. And it was really exciting for me because it was like she's sharing these things with me that she's struggling with but I'm about to take her to hear the gospel and to hear about the good news and hear about how the Lord still loves her and still wants her and pursues her. So that was so, so cool to be able to experience that and see the Lord working in her life like I literally got to see it unfold right in front of me. I was going through a really rough time in the fall of 2019 and I felt very alone. I, I've always been close to my family and friends. It's just that I, I felt kind of stuck. And I was thinking of taking my own life, but I felt God wrap his arms around me and he told me, you have a purpose, you have to live your life and it's too early for you to go. For a minute, I was like, wait a second, Gracie sounds familiar. It turns out Gracie was one of the girls that we were looking at, me and my roommate from last year, um, to maybe room with. Uh, so I was just texting her. I said, hey, I know you're part of this thing called Wave. I want to be a part of it. How do I join? How do I get started? And she was really helpful because God really put her in my life at the, the right time. And he led her to me so that I could be a part of this community. And that's something I'll forever be grateful for. I can't even begin to explain the, the things that have happened to me since I let God become the center of my life. And God and I have always had a close relationship. I've always believed in Jesus. I've always been a Christian. I've always gone to church. I can't even begin to imagine what my life would be like without God and Jesus in it and in the center of my life. Elise and I became friends when we started working for kids with autism in September. It was a part of a group called Aaron's Hope for Friends. I, I actually didn't know that Elise didn't have a church background because she's always acted like very loving, very sweet, and very supportive. So I knew that God was, was using her to be a positive person in this world. And he wanted her to trust in him so that she could spread that light to other people as a teacher and as a person volunteering. And if it wasn't for me talking to her, I think I, I would never have known that she didn't go to church. So for me, I grew up in a home where God was not like a part of our home. My parents aren't believers, and so you know, following after God and after like coming to church and things like that has been a really big change for me because it was uh, I was nervous to first like tell my mom that I was going to church and hanging out with these people that go to church because it was like I didn't know how she was going to respond and how she was going to handle it, and so that's been something that's a little bit of an interesting topic for me to talk with her about. I got invited by my friend Abby to come to church and she texted me one day and she's like, hey girl, like, there's this ministry that I've been going to, it's called Wave, it's like super fun, it's really chill, there's a lot of great people, I think you should come. She texted me on Saturday and, you know, I was like, sure, I'd love to, and then come Tuesday when Wave was, I was like, you know what, no, I don't really want to go, I'm not feeling good, I have a headache, and I just went home and I like spent time at home, but then it was like, I kept feeling this nagging feeling, I was like, okay, like, you know, there's got to be something to this. And then Abby texted me again, and she's like, hey, waves again tonight, like, would you want to go? And I was like, you know what, yeah, I'll come tonight, and I'll just see what it's like. So for me, it took about, I went to, like, two wave 
uh, services and then one like actual Sunday service. And that was kind of my moment where I was like, yeah, this is like what I really want to give my life to because I just felt like I finally had a home, I had friends, and I finally felt like some of the emotional baggage that I'd been carrying from some past events that had happened to me is finally dropping. I was losing that weight and I finally was like, yeah, this is something that I really am truly ready to give my life to because like this is a place that I'm fully able to be myself and I don't have to hide who I am anymore. So back in February of 2020 was when I like fully gave my life over to Christ and I feel like you know once I gave my life over to Christ like I've become more confident in myself and I feel like I am more able to be who I was truly meant to be by God and I feel like I am less anxious because like even when I go into uncertain situations or uncertain times like I know that I have God on my side and that I can always turn to him and he's there for me. So that sun has really changed and also like my depression as well. You know I also uh at some point like thought about taking my life and so it was those times where I used to think oh I just don't want to go through with it but now that I look back on them I'm like no that's God saying hey like trust in me that like I have a reason for your life and I have a reason for the things that you've gone through like with uh, my sexual assault and things like that like trust in me that like these things have happened for a reason and and so those were some really like big things that have changed is that I feel more confident and more at ease and more like in control because I know that even when I'm out of control, God is in control, and things like that sort of something that's been a big change for me. I would say to anybody that feels the tug of the Lord on their heart to maybe reach out to somebody or to minister to someone or to invite somebody to church, um, don't be afraid of what people might think or what might happen or happen. Maybe be afraid that you might not have the right words or have the right thing to say, but just be willing to let the Lord work through you because in reality, it's the Lord that changes people's hearts, it's not us. So if you're just obedient to the calling of sharing the gospel with people and inviting people to church and making them feel welcome, then the Lord will do the rest. of Jesus Christ lives inside of you, people see a difference. Whether you're Tony Dungy, an NFL coach, you're Gracie, a student on KSU campus, people see the light and they see a difference. So if we stick with this light-dark analogy that Mike brought up and the text brings up, some of us are walking in darkness we got to ask why. For some of us, it's because we've never, ever asked Jesus Christ to make us part of God's family. You're kind of like Mike, where he says, you know, I've just been a good person or whatever most of my life, but there's never been that time like Abby and Elise had where they said, I'm nailing it down. I want to know. You know, I went to get my Gracie off the bus the other day, and you know what? <laughs> they wouldn't let her off the bus unless they saw her dad or somebody there whose family she belonged to. And some of your other kids may have gotten on the bus. I'm not taking your kid to my house. <laughs> but I took her home with me. You know why? Because she's mine. One day, God's coming back. And guess who's going to take back? Those are his. He's taking them home with him. 
So if Mike were sitting by your bedside in a hospital room and asked you, do you know that you know that you know one day you're going to heaven, what would you say? There's only one way to beat our sin problem, and that's through a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's why we exist as a church. And if you've never met Christ and you don't know that you have that relationship, that you've nailed it down today, it's your day. It's your day. The Bible says today, if you hear hear his voice, harden not your heart. Would you open up your heart and invite Christ in today? I want to lead you in a simple prayer, right where you're seated at home on your couch, in your car, watching, whatever. If today you want to nail that down, would you pray this prayer with me? But not to me, to God. Just talk to God right where you are and say something like this. God, I believe Jesus is your son. I believe Jesus died for my sins, my darkness. God, I believe Jesus rose from the grave and he's alive. And today I want you to be Lord of my life. I want to be in your family. I want your light in me. God, thank you for loving me. And thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name.